A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast that I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure whilst you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today lasted just over two weeks in the Love Island Villa. Lined up as the original bombshell for day one before the show, she joined the series 10 days in and in her time coupled up with Ron, then Tom, and then Jordan before being dumped from the island when we decided that, along with Jordan, she was the least compatible couple. To tell her mental health journey of being on Love Island, I'm delighted to welcome to Security and Secure, it's Ellie Spence. Hello, darling. Hello, how are you? All the better for seeing you. Good, me too. So, there is a lot we need to discuss. Yes. A lot, a lot happened in that very short amount of time. But what I want to do with you first, Ellie, is mm-hmm. go back to the beginning. I want yeah. to know about the Ellie Spence pre-Love Island. Mm-hmm. So, take me back to your childhood, your school days. What were you like growing up? To be honest, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit of an annoying, like, child. Like, I was that person that was like, Mom, watch me, like, do this dance. Do you know what I mean? Like, a bit annoying when I was growing up. But I was shy at the same time. So I danced when I was younger. Like, once I got on a stage, I absolutely loved it. But... I was a little bit shy. My brother and my sister are like very extrovert, very big personalities, very funny. And I'm just like really glad that I had them growing up because they really kind of like took me under their wing, made me like build on my confidence. So then when I got into school, yeah, I was really confident. I really was fortunate to like enjoy school, was friends with everybody at school. You know, I actually, I loved school. When I look back on it, I mean, there was obviously really, there was tough moments too, as per usual when you're in school, you know, some of the older year year girls, like, you know, if we were going to speak to any of the older year boys, it was a bit of a problem. But I was quite lucky because I had my brother who was in a couple of years older than me. My sister was a couple of years older than me and they were very involved at school. So I felt always like, quite well protected and I was friends with a lot of the years like a lot of people in all of the years at school so yeah I was very involved and I I've have like really fond memories of being there so protected by your older brother and your older sister yes. in the school environment what about home though because it's always hard to be the baby of the family yes well I made it known like I had a voice and I definitely used it I think everybody can understand if they have a sister like you go through those years where you're just literally stealing each other's clothes and like you want to kill each other and then once you get past that you're like oh my god I couldn't live without you my best friend of life and I feel like that with my brother too we're really really close-knit time family and like I'm so fortunate to have that and to have that support system I don't think I would have 
done Love Island having not had like a really, really good support at home because as everybody knows, like it can go either two ways on the show. Well, that's it. And also it's that thing of even if whatever happens, there's always that idea that, well, your parents are going to find out. But if your parents know everything, then there's, no, yes. there's nothing that you can hold it against them. Yes. Do you know what? I was really as well, like I loved the parenting style that my parents you know parented like grew like parented me on so they were very much like I think with the third one they're over it they're just like do what you want like we don't care anymore they were a lot more strict with my older sister than they were with me but because they really trusted me I told them everything and I would you know push the boundaries and I wouldn't say I was like an angel I would have fun and push the boundaries but like be sensible at the same time so I'd never like take it too far and I'd always tell them and you know, they always knew where I was. So yeah, I never felt restricted. And then when I was 18, I never felt like I need to try this. I need to try this because, you know, I'd done it all. And I was like healthy and had a good relationship, like had an open relationship. So what were the boundaries you set for yourself then? So that if you had experienced everything, yeah, you want to tell your parents that, but at the end of the day, you want to be proud of who you are and what yeah. you're giving out to the world as Ellie Spence. Yeah. You want them to be I'm proud of her. Yes, she's done that stuff, but I'm proud of her. Yeah, I mean, I never did anything that was like just not a normal teenage thing to do. Do you know what I mean? You know, my school reports, I actually found them in the loft of my family home like a year ago and I read through them all. And every single one of them said, Ellie's very mature for her age. She's very mature for her age. So I was like a really weird mix between like being very mature and wise for my age, but also not... I was never like on mute in the corner. Like I was very much like ready to push a boundary. But because I was quite mature, I'd be like, I'll push the boundary, but I won't take it to an extreme. I just was like, I want to have fun. Like I am a good time girl. I want to go out, have fun, experience everything, but also within reason, you know? And my parents knew that about me and they were proud of me that I was like really wanted to like grasp life with both hands and they were always proud of me that I was like a character and they knew that they could trust me but I wasn't gonna just come home and go to bed at 5 p.m every night and if you did that you'd end up like me <laughs> a very different way of life yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this I do go to bed at nine o'clock now do you yeah I know love on islands on at nine no. I have to watch it the next day I'm asleep by about 9 30 and I meditate at nine o'clock oh my oh. god good for you yeah, well, yeah but I didn't live the life that you're living oh my god that's hilarious Let's talk about when you were 18, mm -hmm. because you know where the boundaries are, you know where the lines are, yeah. but you got drunk, and yeah. there was a moment you got drunk, which was kind of the moment, as far as I understand, is mm. kind of pinnacle to who you are. Totally. And for those that are listening, and what I always encourage of everyone that comes on to this podcast, Killing Skirt, is to know your journey away from the TV. This is the moment people need to be listening to. Mm. This is the moment that shaped Ellie, who we now know. Mm -hmm. Tell me what happened. Like, it was the scariest night of my life and the night of my life that I just will never, ever, ever forget. And it has completely shaped who I am, totally. I was 18. I just finished my exams, my A-levels, and I went out. It was a Monday night. Why do I need to go out on a Monday night? Like, just unnecessary. But it's always on those days where it's like, wrong place, wrong time, why was I there, you know? I went out with one of my best friends, and she just moved into a new house the house was gated and she'd forgotten the code to the gate because she just moved in and it was like 3 a.m pitch black both of our phones had died so she couldn't text somebody to get the code she was like i'm gonna climb the gate 
And she told me, don't climb the gate. But usually I'm not really, I'm very strong minded. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it. And she was like, don't. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'll climb the gate with you. Well, obviously she made it over the gate. And I unfortunately climbed to the top. And in between the spears, I was resting my foot in between the spears and it slipped. And I impaled myself in like the crease of where my leg is. And pretty much like hung off it backwards and ripped front of my leg right round to the back of my bum and I just completely ripped my leg off but it was just scary at the time because we couldn't communicate with each other because it was pitch black and she couldn't reach me because I was on the top of the gate and she was on the floor on the other side and she thought that my clothes were stuck so she was ripping my skirt and kept ripping my clothes and she was like, like she was expecting me to fall and I wasn't falling. And I was trying to communicate with her, but we're panicked. And I'm like, oh my God. And, you know, we're screaming. And we just couldn't communicate with each other of how, and it, you know, to get me off the gate. Anyway, after I probably ripped pretty much all the way through my leg, I just remember hanging there in so much pain, so panicked. I mean, adrenaline running, like, disorientated just thinking like I'm gonna die and I was just like I'm just gonna die like I just have to accept that my best friend is gonna find like gonna have to get me off this gate of her house dead everything was running through my mind like my mum and dad are basically gonna have to bury me now like I can't believe I've done this and I just gave up I just stopped responding to my, my best friend Livy who literally I, I owe her my life and I just stopped responding and I just laid there and just I just carried on letting my leg rip and I just yeah I just laid there and I was like yep I'm gonna die and I'm not an overly spiritual person I try my best I think it's a really healthy way to live but just if I meditate I honestly I'm like what am I having for dinner my mind just doesn't stop so I'm not overly spiritual I would say I'm not overly religious but I heard a voice in my ear and it was like a man's voice and they just out of nowhere started screaming in my left ear get up get up get up over and over again like over again maybe for like 30 seconds get up get up get up and it was I could hear the voice in my ear I don't know whose voice it is I don't recognize the voice but I heard it I immediately like this white light was in the back of my eyes and I just woke up and I just was like Livy and immediately started communicating with her I was like push my back right at the back and then I was like stand here and started directing her out of nowhere like I just don't even know how this happened and she luckily pushed me off the gate I fell on I broke the fall with my face, but luckily because I was floppy and I was drunk, I didn't break a bone. We managed to communicate and like get me off the gate. You know, the ambulance was called and they were basically like, yeah, you were three millimeters away from your main artery. Like you had 30 seconds left until you hit that and you would have bled out and died. You know, and when you get impaled, they always tell you don't remove it because if you remove it, you'll bleed out. But they were like, you did the right thing. Like she had to get you off that gate. Otherwise, this is a very isolated situation where when you were impelled, you needed to get out. So well done to your friend for doing that. But I just, I don't, honestly, it was it was a very freak accident, but freak situation in a whole because how does that happen? Like, like I said, I'm not spiritual, but 
that is exactly what happened to me. And I still can't quite wrap my head around it now. I don't know whose voice that was. But if that voice hadn't have screamed in my ear, get up, get up, get up, I wouldn't have responded. I'd lost so much blood. When you lose blood, you're tired. I was drunk. It's pitch black. I'm in pain. My whole, I know what it feels like to have major part of your body flesh ripped whilst you're awake. Well, not many people can say that. I was ready to just give up. And luckily, whoever screamed in my ear, thank you, because I'm alive and well now. And luckily, I haven't put anybody else through trauma from my silly drunk mistake, you know. How did the ambulance get called if both of your phones had run out of battery? So we managed to get to her front house. So once she got me off the gate, we got to her front door and she slammed the light on and started screaming because the the kitchen was like a murder scene. So she screamed for her parents. Her parents came down, obviously saw the state I was in, panicking. Um, They called 999 and they sent a bloody paramedic, like with a bag, like a doctor in a car. And they were in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a field. So it took them quite long to get to us and then when the paramedic got there he was like oh my god emergency and then all these vans started turning up and I got rushed straight in and yeah went into surgery and like just they luckily were able to just stitch me up and I survived so just go back a step yeah there's one bit of the jigsaw of the physical image for that people are listening are yeah. trying to picture what it was like so they yes. picture you on the gate yeah what was your body looking like when it ripped because you've shown me where the scar is it's basically just just below the hip yes it's just below the crease of my bum right on the back of so the leg was what how how, like how did you get from the gate to the house if what i imagine is your leg was basically cut off yes so i basically crawled like i literally with your leg attached still yeah like it was obviously from my hip side my leg was still on it was just from the entire crease of where your joint moves in your leg, that's where the complete tear was. So it was, I mean, on adrenaline, the things that your body can do are absolutely insane. So I don't know genuinely how I made it to the front door, but somehow, you know, I mean, my leg was still attached obviously by the bone. So I made it, but probably in a lot of pain, you know. And 18 years old mm-hmm. as a female, yeah, you know, you're trying to be body confident. You've yes. gone out for a good night out. Yeah. We know there's the Love Island look, for example. Yes. And we know how important it is to have that look. Mm-hmm. When it came to you at 18 years old, when you're finding out who you are, who is the Ellie I want to be past school now, what did that mentally do to you going forward mm-hmm. as you looked in the mirror and you saw what was staring back at you with mm-hmm. the scars now added yeah. on? Do you know what? It's really funny because I remember going in to get my stitches taken out and being in hospital. And I had a lot of comments. Obviously, like you said, I was 18 year old young woman. And I had a lot of comments from nurses being like, no more bikinis or beach holidays for you. And another comment I had from one of the nurses was, oh, you've got a lot of explaining to you when you get intimate now. And like, it was a constant, constant comments to me like that when I was 18. But when I look back, I am a very confident woman. I think I'm very lucky to just be, that is just who I am. And 
thank God that that happened to me and thank God those comments were said to me because I used to look at my mum as a young 18-year-old girl and like roll my eyes at my mum and we'd and she'd roll her eyes back at me and we'd be like, what a weirdo, why would you say that? So I already knew, I was like, this is a reflection of you, not of me. Mm. And I'm just so lucky that at 18 I had that mindset because a lot of other young 18-year-old girls that are very, I mean some of the most gorgeous girls are some of the most insecure girls which is so sad to me but there could have been anyone sitting there like oh my god you know I'm really taking that in but I was just like oh my god who says something like that you know that has been my mentality throughout my whole life I was just focused on after you go through something like that it really 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 gives you I mean, a, di a completely different outset on life. And I'm forever grateful for that experience. Actually, I mean, it's been really hard in recovery. Like, I've learned a lot about myself and you have to be very, very mentally strong. But having the rug almost rips from your feet. But I mean, like, the complete rug. So your entire life taken from you. Like, I know what it feels like to mentally sit there and think, I could not be here tomorrow. I'm never that person that's like, that could never be me. Because I've been through something like that, I'm like, that could always be me. You know, I could literally walk in front of a bus tomorrow. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. And for that, I'm grateful for the small things. And I truly am. You know, you see on Instagram all the time, it's like, oh, be grateful for your coffee and da 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 But it's like, you know, having your health in jeopardy, when you're in a really, really bad health spot, you really realise, like, oh, my God, if I'm healthy and I'm and I can get up and I have support from my family or a few special people like you're doing a lot better than you think and you're a lot luckier than you think so having that basis I'm always like you know whatever happens it's like but I have that and I that's why I don't let things get to me because I'm like but when it when push comes to shove if you take everything away now take the mic away de-mic me from Love Island do whatever you say whatever comment whatever you want I'm healthy which I'm so lucky for. And I have a really, really, really supportive family. I couldn't be more fortunate to have that. So that's what is important to me. And it always will be because I've almost had that taken away from me. I could have almost, it's given me that mindset where I'm like, I've, I impact like a lot of people's lives. Like if I had died on that gate, like I wouldn't be here today. Like what would you have been doing today? What would people have been doing when they're commenting on my video? Like it just, it, it has such a domino effect and I don't know, I just feel I just feel lucky. Like I wake up every day to feel lucky to do anything on any scale. I'm like, God, I'm so lucky to be here. And I just am grateful for for the small things. I don't sweat like I've always been lucky to be very confident. But if somebody's gonna say Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Something like, oh, she's uh, she's this or she's not pretty or like da-da-da. I'm like, okay, but is that what is important though? Because it's not. It's not what's important. And I'm lucky, you know, I live a, I live a very wholesome, great life. So if you think I'm ugly, like, how is that affecting me? Do you love your leg? I'm not going to lie and sit here and say that having that scar hasn't... Initially, when it first happened, nobody just... Like, no, I didn't feel any type of way about my body. I was just focused solely on getting better. Health, like, I just wanted to be better. I just wanted to walk again. I just wanted to live my normal life again. So aesthetically, didn't bother me. A couple of years after that, like when I got into like my early 20s, then I was kind of like, okay, like I do feel like this is, I just wish that I had my butt normal leg back. Like I do, did wish that. But then I was, I say to myself, like at the end of the day, as a woman, we come under so much scrutiny already for our bodies and it just is a line. It's just a line on our body. Like as if I'm going to beat myself down, it was basically either that or death. It's either the line on my leg or death. So if somebody wants to sit there and be like, that's so ugly and da 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 I'm like, okay, but I'm here and I'm breathing and I'm, you know, enjoying life. So for those that are listening, there would obviously be the question about how that impacts you yeah. on Love Island. Yeah. Obviously, we know that it's not a disability. It's, no, it's yeah. just a mental scar. Yeah, Mentally, it's a physical, physical, but it's not mental. Yeah. Uh, I've heard things over the years mm-hmm. that on Love Island, in the dressing room, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever spoken about this, but mm-hmm. if you ever don't want anything on camera, mm-hmm. just all be naked. In a serious fact that if you're nude, they obviously can't show that. Yeah. So was there ever a time you were with all the girls and you mm-hmm. didn't have your clothes on, the scar was on show and mm-hmm. it was spoken about? Yes, but it was quite late on because I had had quite like a tough... Uh, entrance and uh, and it was hard for me for the first week with the girls I'm a girl's girl and I, I have sisters and my mom and we walk around naked all the time and you know but it was it was a bit later on and we did discuss it and but it was never I didn't really get in I never really spoke about the story with the girls and I mentioned that I had a scar and obviously they saw they saw I had a scar but I mean, no, I, I actually spoke about the situation with Jordan and Kai randomly. Um, it just came up in conversation, but I wasn't insecure about it. But I do think like after having quite a tough time, I mean, it then did bring back some insecurities. Like they definitely rose back to the surface a little bit. So I did kind of then try and not hide it, but like I did wear those skirts a lot because I didn't feel as confident as I did pre-going in. And then, yeah, I just felt like 
it was almost like a bit of a protection for me, I think, the skirts, like a little bit of a protection because as much as I'm like, I embraced the scar and I feel like it gives me character, I don't think it was that environment. I think it was, obviously, I didn't realise how, not sh I don't want to say shallow, but like it was very much like, I felt like, in maybe not that what was shown in the edit but in real life like I brought a lot of character whereas like I felt like that would hold me over than my aesthetic do you know what I mean but then when I got in there and I was like oh no like your aesthetic may be favored over your character then that made me feel insecure and then I definitely kind of covered it as a protection barrier I completely get that and you know a show like Love Island where it is all about you being in the bikini if you're yeah. not wearing the bikini and fitting the society norm of a show like that, yeah. then you suddenly outcast yourself straight away. Totally. What was the girl's reaction though? Because surely, you know, in a world that we're all about body confidence and mental health and yeah. the Be Kind campaigns, you go on a show like Love Island, we know there's that line. Were they not welcoming and trying to encourage you to showcase your scar and to talk about it? Or did they suppress it? Because like you said, it brought out insecurities with you. Yeah. And the way I've seen it and the people who've been on the podcast before, like Zara and Anna mm -hmm. May who've been on it for this series in particular, they've spoken about how isolating the girls were who were the OGs. Mm -hmm. And so they're not here to comment. But yeah. I just wonder how welcome they were to you seeing the scar. Mm -hmm. And they're not threatened by you because mm -hmm. of the way you look. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're threatened by your mental capacity rather than the physical. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that they might have been threatened by my physical when I was in there. But when I was shown on screen, I just didn't translate. So I think that was more of like, I mean, they were, th I, I mean, I don't even like to use the word threatened because I didn't go in there to be like, oh, I hope you're threatened by me. Do you know what I mean? I actually went in there and was like, let's all be friends. And, you know, I've got to do what I've got to do. But I think it was more of a me problem because I was quite, I felt, I started to feel quite insecure in there. And then it was like hard for me to bring up the subject. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I've been through a lot, I use victim like quite loosely, but I just didn't want to be like a weak link. So then when I was in there, it was like, okay, am I going to keep showcasing my vulnerability when I already feel vulnerable? I kind of just want to like do as best as I can with the situation like build as be best connections as I can and I think if I'd have highlighted it more and if I'd have spoken about it more 100% the girls would have been like oh my god and made me feel really good about it but I do think it was more of a me thing whereas like I wasn't vocalizing it in the dressing room because I already felt vulnerable and then if I'm going to be even more vulnerable it gives everybody an opportunity to like see me as a weaker link do you know what I mean well that's the problem as well with your mental health is that you were originally lined up for the first time ever as we could vote who's going into the villa yeah. first. So it was between you and Tom. They, the public chose Tom. But you obviously knew what was going on in that situation. Mm -hmm. Then you don't go in as an OG. Mm -hmm. Then you go in as the first bombshell mm -hmm. on night one where you are an OG, but then you're not an OG. Yeah. And it gets very confusing mentally for you to then go, well, who am I in the villa? What is the role yeah. I'm going to play? And you seem to be, I've watched your vlogs on YouTube. You seem to be very clear about how TV works and what you want to do to get on TV. Yeah. Mentally, what did that whole process do to you getting into the villa with all those little things that you had to consider? 
I, to be honest, was very um, happy to be placed anywhere. You know, a lot of people say when they go on the show, like, I didn't want to do it unless I was an OG. I was more than happy to be a bombshell. I was running with the experience. Like, I just felt lucky to be given, like, the opportunity, to be honest, to go on a show like Love Island. So I was just like... And and I did, pre-getting into that environment, I do have the confidence to walk in somewhere and just be like, hey, like, I'm here, I'm Ellie, and, like, crack a joke and be friends with everybody and flirt with a boy, like, that is me all over. So I think I was definitely fit for a bombshell role. I just do think that maybe the three-week quarantine in South Africa, no family, no friends, no communication, you know, you're in a controlled environment already. You only get two hour walk every day or like to come out of the apartment, which you're told, you know, you have your groceries sent to you, like you have a limit on your cigarettes, like things like that. I am as a 25 year old woman and just I'm free to do in my life. I think it was more that that pre going in was was tough on my mental because at the time I'm such like I am like a fighter through anything I'm just like I'm determined so I'm just like it's fine it's fine it's fine everything's fine because I'm gonna get through it but when I look back I maybe should have like you know said you know three weeks like I'm not okay like I'm not okay now like I need to speak to somebody like because then when I walked in obviously what you saw on screen it was very you know dramatized and dramatic for the role that I was playing, which was like, come in and steal someone's man, you know, I can't walk in and be like, oh my God, guys, so like, please, is it okay if I um couple up with Ron? Thank you. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like, I knew I had to go in and do my little piece. And when the bits that weren't shown was like me then trying to be funny and just like, you know, wink, wink at everybody and let's all be happy families. And we are on a TV show and I... I do feel like everybody understood they're on a TV show, but maybe, like I will say, I do feel like it kind of, like Zara said, it is kind of one rule for the OGs and another rule for everybody else. But also, when you've come in and you've felt that isolation yeah. and you just want to be around people, yeah, and mentally you've had such a drawback to then go in and be, it's almost like a catapult, like I'm going to pull you back as far as I can, like a slingshot, yeah. and I throw you in there. Yeah. Everyone must have been in the same situation mentally of those three weeks in holding. I don't think we've ever spoken about the mental health side of that. What do you think that does to you? Because you're very isolated. Then you're not just meeting your 12 people on the show. You've also got an audience now of 3 million people watching. That must mentally be really hard to comprehend. Yeah, I mean, I was like running in there and like what it didn't look like it like it on tv but i ran in there and was like i just want to give someone a hug like i genuinely just this is what i want to do i'm just happy to be around people oh my god let's all have fun it mentally i think it affected me a lot more than at the time you're kind of in everything so new everything's such a new environment you are kind of running off adrenaline you're just like one minute you're isolated the next minute they're like you're going in in 10 minutes you know it's very much you don't have time to think about it and process it it was a shock I think the outcome was always going to be the same I mean the same people were always still going to be in there but I think if the reception would have been a bit warmer yes it wouldn't have taken such a toll on my mental because after that had happened like the entrance I did eventually come back from it towards the end of the two weeks but I think during the two weeks you know the damage had already been done and you know I was very anxious I was you know just trying to like fight through every day really which is sad to me when I look back on it but you know that's that is the truth did you ever have a breakdown in the villa oh my god day one I was crying day one I went to the zoom room and I was in tears and 
a couple of comments were thrown around at lunchtime about my appearance on day one and I just I just couldn't cope I was just like oh my god like this is not this is not me this is not ever what happens to me in any every social situation when I go out my best friend hates me I'm like I speak to everyone at the bar I speak to the bouncer that we have a hundred people joining our table like that's just who I am so to come into a social situation and be very and have a lot of pushback for me was something I'm not I'm not well equipped to deal with or used to because I always want to be friends with everyone so I was just like I didn't know how to navigate it and then I'm not like a bitchy person so then when comments were being thrown around at lunchtime off camera about my appearance I did have to go into the zoom room which is just like a room where you can speak to anyone at any time about how you're feeling I was crying and it was very hard like at that point I was just like I need I just want to call my mum like I just I this is not what I signed up to do of course I want to come in here and play the role and be a bombshell but I'm not really here to upset anybody but and now everybody's like upsetting me and this isn't it so what kept you in the villa and not going do you know what if these are comments being said about my physical appearance mm. i don't actually like you as people mm. not as the roles these are the real versions of you mm. this is off camera mm. why did you stay on the show what made you stay on that show well i had gone through five months of like screening with itv before obviously you'd quit my job thousands of pounds on clothes like i am very much a person that it's like I will not let somebody else determine my decisions or that's what they wanted. Like, essentially, I would have given everybody what they wanted by being like, oh, OK, I'm just going to sit on the corner and mute and like, I'll just get on a flight. You know, I was never as, as much as I wanted to. And it was hard. I'm not going to let somebody take this away from me. Well, how do you look back now? You know, it's been a couple of weeks since you've been out the villa. Yeah. The show is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. uh, when we're recording this, the final is on Monday. This podcast is out on Monday, on the final day. So those that are listening, the show might have been coming to an end or it's just ended. How do you look back at the experience that you've been on? I would never... Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world, to be honest, because at the end of the day, with however hard my experience was, I... I'm always very aware that it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like not a lot of people get to go on Love Island. Not a lot of people audition and don't hear back. And I had a really, really good relationship with all of the producers on there, all of the assistant producers, the casting team. Like I was very close to all of them. So I wish it had gone maybe a different way. But at the same time, you know, the same people were always going to be in there. And I just think what's meant to be is always what will happen. It was not what I expected, but at the same time, towards the end, I did really build really good friendships with all the girls. I was very close with all of the boys. Like, I'm so excited that it's coming to an end and I get to see them now and we get to go to the reunion. I'm just excited to give them all a hug, to be honest. You spoke about friendships in the villa. One of the girls you really got on with that we saw on screen was Jessie. Yeah. How are you and Jessie doing now? Obviously, she's still in the villa at this point, but mm -hmm. what was the plan? Oh my God, I love Jessie. Honestly, she was such a sweet girl and she really, really took me under her wing firstly out of all of the girls. And yeah, I mean, we spoke a lot about in the villa. We were like, we're going to move in together. I obviously don't think that she will essentially was planning to go back to Australia. Obviously now she's found Will, but it's not for my place to say. But I mean, we definitely spoke about moving in together. I don't know now, to be honest, if she's like, she might be tired and exhausted and want to go home and see her family now. But yeah, I'm so excited to see her. But if you have been planning to move in with each other, where are you at now housing-wise? Because she's going to be coming out of the villa very mm -hmm. soon. Obviously you need to get in contact, but you need to get things rolling. Yeah. So what was the actual plan that you had? 
well, we didn't know that I was going to be out. So we were just going to take it as and when. I mean, I'm in the middle of moving flats at the moment. So I don't know. I guess I'll just speak to her when she's out and see where she's at. And she's yeah. had a lot of backlash, obviously, with the way she's presented herself in the villa, with mm-hmm. Will especially. Will, who is kind of the people's champion. You know, he was known on TikTok before he'd even got yeah. in the villa. He's obviously been very flamboyant. He's everyone's best friend in there. But... There's been a lot of criticism and I'm interested for you as her best friend in the villa to almost defend her because there's a lot of been a backlash that it's all been done for TV. You know, she knew who the safe option was. She asked Will to be her boyfriend. Mm. Is it a cover? Is it just to get to the final? You know, what do you think? I don't believe that at all. I don't agree that honestly, she is the sweetest, most genuine girl you'll ever meet. When they're together, it is undeniable. They are so in love. I wish them all the best. Like I genuinely think they'll have a lot of longevity. And if Jessie doesn't like somebody, she's not going to force herself. So I think that Jessie got really lucky. She came in and found Will. And the reason I got the tagline genuine when I was in the villa was because I just said it exactly how it was. And I was so direct. So if I had any inkling, and I was around Will and Jessie a lot. So if I had any inkling, she doesn't really like him. I would just say, I think they're super in love. And I really, really think she is genuine. Final question for you. Let's go back to that 18-year-old early pre-accident. What would you tell that person now based on the knowledge and how much you've mentally grown in that time since? Everything's always going to be okay. (laughs) Ellie Spence... Thank you so much for coming to Scooting School. Did you enjoy your experience? I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And if you love (laughs) Ellie and you love Love Island Season 9, on Scooting School in the past, we've had Zara, we've had Adam May, we've had Harris, and we've had David Solaka from Ellie's series. And hopefully we'll get a couple more Love Islanders if Ellie helps me on the series in the future couple of episodes. You've been listening to Scooting School with me, Johnny Seafood. If you like what you heard, on social media, at Johnny Seafood, at Scooting School Podcast is where you can find me. If you're listening on iTunes, click the add button at the top of the app. Then go down, leave a five-star rating and a review. And on Spotify, a five-star rating and click that follow button. It's so important that we keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. And I need your help as we reach episode 200 to keep doing that. I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.